Your experience at Joy Church will be unlike any church service you have ever attended before. We are not about religion. We are about a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. At Joy Church, you'll hear live and vibrant praise and worship music. You will be loved and encouraged. You will be confident that your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and safe environment. You'll be assured that your youth will be loved and accepted not only for who they are, but challenged to become who they were created to be. At Joy Church, God's Word is delivered through creative, humorous, and relative teaching that will help you apply the Bible to your life. There is a place here at Joy Church just for you, where you can begin to develop a vibrant and exciting relationship with Jesus Christ and discover your divine destiny. I'm very excited about our resurrection session today. We've entitled it, Vow you. And I love this because your value is determined by his sacrifice. Anybody in the house ever sacrificed anything? Maybe to get something valuable to you? Maybe it was a sacrifice for you to come here today. Maybe your relatives uh, drug you here and and it was a sacrifice for you to be here. I I understand sacrifices. I know 16 years ago, uh, we were very excited. God launched us into starting this church. We lived in Knoxville. And 18 of us, not knowing one single person in this area, 18 of us launched this church 16 years ago, and dear me, God has been faithful. But it was a sacrifice. We sold houses and we sold all kinds of things. I'm so excited. Uh, We've got our new community outreach pastors here, the Biddles. They're going to be starting with us on May 1st, but they're here today, very specially so. They've sold their houses and, and, and their rental place in, in Knoxville. They've never lived outside of that. They're doing all of that. They're sacrificing to be here so we can reach the city in a more significant way. Come on, encourage them. But I want to start off with an example that I think everybody will be able to relate to. Whether you've sacrificed or not, I want to start off with something that I think will be very practical that you can get your arms around. That's what this church is all about. We don't want to just point at you and and tell you what to do. We always want to tell you how, and we always want to tell you why. So I've got two of my favorite people going to come up here. Uh, Pastor Rob, you met her earlier, and Chad Davis. This is my multimedia director. Come on, can you encourage both of them today? Let's just say, and I think this is an easy example, let's just say that Chad's daily wage is 200 bucks. Now, this is just an example. He makes way less than this. <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm, I'm kidding. Let's just say this is his wage, a daily wage of 200 bucks, and so here, you know, as his, his boss, I pay him that daily wage, and now let's say that Chad's got his eye on Pastor Rob's cell phone. And he goes ahead and purchases that. And if you look at it in a very shallow way, you think, okay, well, clearly then Pastor Rob's cell phone is worth 200 bucks. You couldn't be more wrong. Because that was not the sacrifice that Chad paid for his phone. Listen to me. Chad sacrificed not just 200 bucks, but one day of his life. And therefore, the value of Pastor Rob's phone is one day of his life. 
Come on, give him big encouragement. You better give me that money back. You better give it back to me. Come on, come on right now. I don't trust you with it even for... It's my multimedia director. I don't trust him, but he does good work. I want you to know that's why we got to be cautious about what we purchase. You say, well, you know, I'm going to spend six months of overtime so I can get that sea-do or whatever. Nothing wrong with the sea-do, but if it costs you six months away from your kids during their formative years, that's what you're sacrificing to get that sea-do. And you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Now, if your kids are brats, it may be. <laughs> but you have to understand the cost of anything is what is sacrificed for it. That determines its value. Uh, let me give you this life point. It really is what we're talking about. It's pretty simple. Check it out. Value is determined by sacrifice. That's the whole message of really the cross, and I want you to see that. Value is determined by sacrifice. Here at uh, Joy Church, we have all kinds of police that come here. They come here to church. Can you give them a big encouragement? And honestly, it was just something that God did years and years ago. They just started coming. And, and, and just, I don't know why, probably do investigate me originally. <laughs> and, and I'm just so thankful because we have so, so many first responders that come, but we have a tremendous amount of police that come. And I can tell you honestly, since they've been coming, uh, my illegal activities have gone down considerably. <laughs> now, my wife's on the other hand, you know, she's cut down on about half of them. What she'll do now is she won't shoplift here in Mount Juliet anymore. She shoplifts in Watertown. <laughs> and you're gonna have to trust me on this. There's not much to steal. <laughs> Come on, those of you here for the very first time, I am just joking. I am just joking. Look and focus on the pink sweater, would you please? So we thank God for our police. Come on, can we give them a big encouragement? And many years ago, we started an outreach ministry to them because they, they serve the community. We wanted to serve them. And we just, God began to bring many, many, many police into the fold. And so we wanted a place where we could, they could feel safe and they could be loved on. And we've been ministering to them significantly for quite some time. Matter of fact, we just had an outreach here at the church uh, for all of our first responders where we got their children uh, bicycles and drones and remote control cars. We really want to just bless them and serve them and love them. Well, the other day, I had a police officer tell me something that I was absolutely startled by. He said, Pastor, you, you don't understand. He said, with a with police officer and our spouse, there's an 85% divorce rate among our officers. Now, would you think of that for just a minute? And when I heard that, ladies and gentlemen, this is so important to me, I, I don't just hear things and I go, oh, isn't that sad? And you don't have capacity. And I, and I can't fix every little problem. But one of my assignments is to be a problem solver in this city. That's one of my assignments. If I can solve people's problem, then I can give them Jesus. And by the way, he is the ultimate problem solver. And so we, we, we just, when I heard that, I had to do something about it. I was just burdened by the Lord to do something about it. So we came up with an addition to our outreach to our first responders and we just began it. We just, we just, there's going to be a regular event that we're going to be doing, and it's called Cop Out. Everybody say Cop Out. 
because we wanted to do something about that problem, 85% divorce rate. So what we've done is we've accumulated finances where we can send our officer and their spouse out for a really great night stay at a beautiful hotel, pay for a really, we've given them $200 so that they can go out somewhere nice for dinner and then for breakfast the next day. We've loaded them down with a gift basket where they've got really nice gifts in them. They have all of my books and we have put in there my CDs all about marriage so that they can be invested in not only that night, but going forward. We want to do something about that statistic. We may not be able to fix all 85%, but we can start with who we have. So on a regular basis, we're going to be ministering to our police and doing that for them. Well, we did our first one already, and since we couldn't come along, because that would be embarrassing, we got a little video. Check it out. So I always had an interest in being a police officer, but because of the way the academy was, the timing, and, and having my own business, I wasn't able to do it. Then several years later, I got the desire again. Uh, there was a nighttime academy, and I was able to go to the police academy, and that was back in 2004. Uh, I completed that and got sworn in literally two weeks after Julie and I had gotten married. I met Paul back in 2002, and through my job, I was a nanny for his nieces. And then I became a pediatric nurse, and we both had very demanding careers. Being a police officer takes a lot, uh, takes a lot of your time. Not only is it a stressful job, just being on the job, both mentally and physically, but also it takes away from your family. I didn't take a day off. I was involved in six or seven different functions within the police department as the years went on. At times I valued my career more than I did my wife. It really caused a lot of stress and, and trouble in our marriage early on. In 2004, when Paul became a police officer, every year we found out that they're gonna have in-services and a lot of training. And so they had one for a family and it was all about the rates of divorces and the stress of the job and how tough it was. And they gave us a statistic that said 85% of first marriages will end in divorce. And Paul just squeezed my hand and said, that's not gonna be us. Like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna beat this. Yeah, I, I refused to let us be a statistic. Um, and there was actually a lieutenant from the sheriff's office that spoke. And one of the things that really resonated with me is he told us that he was on his, he had been divorced six times. He was on his seventh marriage. But the way he said it, it was almost like it was a badge. Almost like it was, he was proud of that. And then as the years went on, we kind of fell into those odds. And, and there were times where I wasn't sure we were gonna make it. We had gone to church, it was a part of our life, but we were just kind of walking through it, kind of fast forward to coming to Tennessee. Uh, family brought us here uh, to be closer to family, both Julie's and mine. And the one promise that I made to both Julie and the kids is that I would not put the job first. I would make sure that, that they were first and foremost in, in my life. Okay, let's stop you right there. That is awesome. I love it. Um, so you mentioned a statistic of 85% of first marriages of police officers end in a divorce. And, now, and you told this to Pastor Jim as well. 
Yes. Remember that? It really resonated in Pastor's heart, Pastor Jim's heart. And so on behalf of Pastor Jim, Miss Ann, the rest of your Joy Church family, uh, we have started a completely different way of how to honor our police officers, and it's called Cop Out. And so this Cop Out involves a very nice night out on Joy Church. So some pretty cool stuff. We just love you guys, and we want to honor our police officers here at Joy Church. We're going to be doing this very frequently, and you are our first police officer family couple that we want to bless. Oh, thank you. That is awesome. We just wanted to thank you for the opportunity that we were given to go away for a night, go to a wonderful dinner, invest in our marriage, and, and rekindle the value that we have for one another. It was an amazing night. Uh, one of my favorite things was dinner at the Old Hickory at Gaylord um, Opryland. We had an amazing dinner. Everything was planned, and we had to details to the flowers in the room, to the gifts we got. Um, we just got to have an uninterrupted time and just it was such an amazing, valuable evening we had together. It was just a, a great time to get away. We were able to invest in one another and really remember the value that we have for one another and the value that we need to place on our marriage. So we had a God incident, as Pastor Jim would call it, um, where Paul and I just decided 15 years of marriage, nine years where we haven't been able to go out for an evening by ourselves. And we had planned this year's 15 year anniversary that we were gonna go out and spend one night at Gaylord Opryland, just the two of us, and celebrate our 15th year anniversary. And then we had our God incidents. Um, Joy Church blessed us with that night away. Um, so first time in nine years that we got to go away by ourselves and just had an amazing evening together. Again, Joy Church, we just wanna say thank you to this amazing church and Pastor Jim and Miss Ann and the staff. Thank you for investing in us. Thank you. We love you, Joy Church. Come on. Give God a big thanks. I understand that the Steins are here somewhere. I don't want to embarrass them. Are they back? Come on, they're back there. Come on, encourage them. Come on. Look at her crying. She's back here crying. Nine years, and when do you think about that? Nine years since they've been out on a date by themselves. We're going to start with our in-house police, but we're going to then branch it out to people out there that don't know Jesus and are going to wonder why a church is doing that for them. And we'll tell them. <laughs> His name is Jesus. That's why we're doing it. Come on, give them one more big encouragement. Value is determined by sacrifice. We value our police, and therefore we're, we're, we are sacrificing for them. Let's talk about it. Let me give you some thoughts on sacrifice. Thought number one, check it out, Jesus' sacrifice. Obviously, that was the biggest one. That's why we celebrate Resurrection Weekend. Uh, how, how many of you got Jesus in your heart? Come on, you got... Has, have any of you that have Jesus in your heart, have you ever shared your testimony with somebody? You know, I shared mine just a little bit or a little small portion of it a moment ago. I was an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar all those years ago. But how many know, even though we want to be transparent and even though we want to share everything, how many know we don't share everything in our testimony? You, you understand that. I mean, we don't share every thought and everything we did. I mean, you know me. I, over the years I've been your pastor, I've shared just about everything. 
But there are a few things that we all hold back for ourselves because there's some reasoning behind that. Check it out. Let me give you three value verifications. I think you'll understand this. Number one, if you told everything, you'd think I wasn't worth anything. All of us really can say that. We don't share it all. And again, I don't mean that we're not transparent or we're not honest and we don't need healing. I don't mean any of that. But there are always certain things that we hold back because if we don't, then we won't feel or people won't think we're valuable. How, how many of you out there in the house, you've ever shared too much with somebody? Maybe too much too quick, Facebook, ring, ring a bell, anyone? Huh? <laughs> if you've never shared too much too quick, check this out. Today could be the day that my passport arrives. It's here. It's arrived at 8381 Hickory Ridge Road. You and I are going to go places, my friend. Hashtag on my way. Cha-ching. Leaving today, gonna be gone for a week or two. Go to Cancun. Hashtag. Boarding pass. Cha-ching. Booyah. Good. Finally arrived at my hotel. This is all made possible with cash back rewards. Hashtag cha-ching. his destination and we have his credit card information here we go hashtag cha-ching too much too much information see if we shared everything then people wouldn't think we're worth anything second thing that you need to know about value verification he paid more than I was worth that applies to you too. Jesus paid more than all of us were worth. And the third thing, it's so powerful, check it out. You got more by getting him than he got by getting you. I realize you're all that in a bag of chips, I understand that. But how many know that was a pretty good trade when, when we said yes to Jesus? What a sacrifice. Let me show you the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19. This was the sacrifice that Jesus paid, and it was so powerful. Watch this. Watch these verses. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but watch this now, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That is the sacrifice that Jesus Christ paid for me and for you. And watch this. That determines your value. He shed his blood. That represents he gave his life for me and for you. And this particular life point right here I'm going to show you is absolutely worth coming for. This is powerful. Check it out. Jesus did not just give one day of his life. He gave you his life on one day. Chad gave up 200 bucks for one day. Jesus gave up everything 
for his day. And that determines your value. Not only did Jesus sacrifice, but number two, Solomon. You remember King Solomon from the Old Covenant? He had sacrificed as well. If you'll recall in 1 Kings chapter 3, if you'll recall that he was taking over for his dad, David. And you know, anytime that there is a transition in power, there's always a comparison to the person that was in power prior to you coming into power. And of course, everybody was comparing him to King David. David was a mighty warrior and a very passionate man. You know, I, I, at some point in uh, you know, our life here, when, maybe when I'm 93 or something, you might uh, drag me out of here kicking and screaming, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm no, Pastor, you're too old. And when I say drag me out of here kicking and screaming, I don't mean I'm going to die. I'm going to mean because I still want a pastor. I'm going to say, no, 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 I can still do push-ups. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. But I feel sorry for whoever takes over this pulpit because I am one funny dude. And I know Greek words. I'm just telling you, there's going to be that comparison. And there was that natural comparison with Solomon. So I love Solomon. Here's Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, and this transition is happening. And so what he's doing, he's sacrificing to God, literally giving over a thousand animal sacrifices to the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord showed up. And man, he really responded to Solomon's sacrifice. And the Lord showed up, and he said, what do you want? And Solomon didn't ask what most people ask for. I want riches or I want honor. He asked for wisdom. And as a result of that, God said, okay, I'm going to give you wisdom. And not only wisdom, I'm going to give you the riches and honor as well. Because how many know we don't need to pursue the riches and the honor? We need to pursue the wisdom. And then right away, here comes his first endeavor of wisdom. You probably know the story. You may have read about it in 1 Kings chapter 3. There was a couple of women that had children about three or four days apart, and they were in the same household. And at night, one of the mamas accidentally rolled over their new infant and smothered the infant to death. And in that same night, because she was heartbroken by that, she switched babies with the other mother in the house, gave her her dead infant, took her live infant, and then, of course, when they both woke up, man, there's all kinds of, you know, as you can imagine, oh my goodness, whose baby is it? And so you know the story. They brought this whole situation and the one baby to Solomon, and here's Solomon's first instant of wisdom. And you remember what Solomon did? He said, bring me my sword. I'll cut the baby in half and give half to each of you. And remember what, and he knew, he knew what he was doing. He, God gave him all kinds of wisdom. And remember what happened? The woman whose baby it was, the live baby, said, no, 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 no. Give it to the other woman. Even though the other woman was evil and even though the other woman had deceived, that's how much she valued her child. Look at, look at this life point. This will make sense. She was willing to sacrifice by living with the heartache of not being with her child to save the life of her child. That's how much she valued that child. And the amount was shown by her sacrifice. Third thing that we need to understand is not only did Jesus sacrifice, and number two, Solomon sacrificed, but the Bible tells you and I that we have a sacrifice. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 that we are to present our bodies, watch this now, 
as a living sacrifice unto God. Say it with me. Say living sacrifice. What does that mean? There's almost like a dichotomy, a living sacrifice. Listen to me. That is what you and I are supposed to do. That's a really good estimation of our lives. We are to live to sacrifice for others. Let me, let me throw something out to you that you may not have thought. Here's a life point that, that may help you. Check it out. There is no success without sacrifice. Here's what I mean. Here I am married 29 years to this beautiful lady up front. Come on. She looks so lovely. And I'm going to tell you, we, we just celebrated her birthday a couple of weeks ago. I took her to Florida, and she wanted to have one day where all she did was shop. And so my son, myself, we went to a mall in Pensacola. How many understand, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, Psalms 34 and verse 19, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. You, some of you will get that driving home, I promise you. Now, now, what, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you right now. This is my worst nightmare, Austin, to spend hours and hours and hours at the mall. But I kept remembering, okay, this is her day. This is her birthday. This is what she wants to do. So I brought my phone. I found a chair. I looked up my sports website on my phone. And I kept sitting there for hour after hour, <laughs> sacrificing away. And I kept looking outside, and it was sunny and beautiful, and I wanted so badly to be outside on the beach fishing for shark, but no, I've got to sacrifice. How <laughs> we know there is no success without sacrifice. Here's my son on the front row. Every single Thursday night, we have what's called men's night. My wife is the head of the praise team, as you know, and every Thursday night, my son and I get together. We'll go to Firehouse Subs, or we'll go to Subway, or, and we get together, and I mentor him every Thursday night. I've been doing that since he was about eight or nine years old. He's now 16. Now he drives and sometimes picks up the sandwiches and comes back and brings them to me. But I have invested in my life. Listen, my son and I can talk about anything. He's not perfect like your child. But we talk about anything and everything, and it's because the reason we have a successful relationship is because I sacrificed. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is impossible to have a successful anything, marriage, a relationship with your child, business, church, without sacrifice. Because what are you doing when you sacrifice? You are showing your value. I value this woman. I value this young man. I value you. You clearly don't value me as much as I do you. May I challenge you? Quit praying for success and start participating in sacrifice. Because value is determined by sacrifice. And then the fourth thing, the ultimate sacrifice, I quoted this verse earlier. Everybody knows it. You know this verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he 
gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the ultimate sacrifice. And let me show you. I'll break it down very clearly for you. Check it out. Number one, God, the ultimate creator. Two, so, God, so, the ultimate degree. Three, loved, the ultimate virtue. Four, the world. That was the ultimate deficit. Five, gave the ultimate sacrifice, his son. For God so loved the world that he gave the ultimate sacrifice. Can I tell you what that ought to tell you? God values you. That is determined, and I don't, listen to me. I don't want to ever hear you say, well, God doesn't love me. God is not worth anything. You are allowing yourself to be lied to. Jesus Christ and God the Father paid the ultimate sacrifice for you. That and only that determines your value. God values you. Now, this Easter, and this is huge. I've got a question back to you. Do you value what he did for you? Because listen to me. Listen, if I put a million dollars in your bank account, I'm sure not going to get it from Chad. <laughs> but if I put a million dollars in your bank account and you never withdrew upon it, God obviously values you, or I obviously value you if I put that in there, but if you never withdrew upon that, then you don't value what I did for you. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, the Bible says that we are saved, watch this now, by grace. That's in essence me putting that million dollars into your bank account. We're saved by grace through faith. And that faith is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen to me. You've got to receive what Jesus has accomplished for you. You've got to withdraw on that million dollars worth of grace. Otherwise, it does you no good. And notice that I said you've got to receive it and not achieve it. Because I watch so many people try to earn heaven. You, you, know, what it, you know what I'm talking about. This is what we do. You remember in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16 where the rich young ruler came? And he came to Jesus, and watch what he said. He said, Master, he said, what good deed or good work do I need to do to obtain eternal life? Yeah. And most of the time, that's exactly what we do. We're all about what do I need to do to get something from you? And we trot out our works. You know how we are. You know, we're, well, okay, now, you know, if, like, if I was standing at the gates of heaven and I said, okay, why, 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 why should you come in here? You know how we do. We try out our good works. Well, uh, I did this or I did that or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. I, I think I'm good enough. My good outweighs my bad just enough to get me in here. And I'm sure not bad enough to go to hell. And I'm sure not as bad as the guy sitting next to me. Come on, look at him and go, just, mm-hmm, right on. <laughs> That's what we do. The Bible says, Proverbs 20 and verse 6, that we are quick to show our own goodness. Any, any, anybody got kids? 
You, you know how kids are. If you ever, if you got like a, a boy and a girl, you remember, remember when they were kids and you had to discipline them, so you call in your boy, son, did you hit your sister? Did you hit your sister? And here's normally the answer. Uh, yeah, but I didn't hit her in the mouth. I hit her in the stomach. <laughs> you know how we justify? In other words, it's not that bad. And she took Buzz Lightyear from me in the first place. It's not that bad. My, my son, John, I don't want to embarrass him, but I, when John was younger, when he was just, when he, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> when John was younger, oh my goodness, when I went to spank him when he did something, he became just, a, he all the, all, you, you might have had a kid like this. All the time he'd ask me questions. Daddy, 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 daddy. And, and the pre-spanking was worse than the spanking. <laughs> daddy, 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 how, how, is this going to hurt? How's it going to feel? Show me with your hands on the bed. How's he going to feel? He would. He would do that all the time. It would be this big process. All of a sudden, he became like a lawyer. Show me exactly with your fingers. Anybody remember something like that? And then, and then, and then he said, Daddy, 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 before you spank me, I, I just want to say one thing. I love you. I love you. I love, I love, I love you. And, and, and one, one more thing, Daddy. I just want to hug you for three hours, just for three hours. Daddy, 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 I got four dollars right here in my pocket, and I just want to give them just to you because I love you. I would spank him anyway and make four dollars. I spanked him a lot through the years. That's my retirement plan. How many know what we're quick to justify ourselves? Adam in the garden after he sinned, it's this woman you gave me, God. Can't be me. I'm good enough. And see, we, well, I'm, I, am I good enough? Or maybe am I not bad? I'm not that bad. But see, listen, there's a problem with both of those thought processes. Well, God loves you, and he sacrificed for you, and that's how much he values you. God is also holy and just and righteous. And he cannot accept anybody to heaven other than if we get it 100% right. And may I tell you something? Nobody. Sure not this pastor. I was an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar. My wife, she grew up, she gave, she gave her life to Jesus when she was five. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 20. So maybe, maybe my wife's test score, because she was really a goody two-shoe. Maybe my wife's test score was 95. That would, that would be an A as far as her morality. Maybe mine was a five, and that's on a good day, and I'm not kidding. Listen to me. Both fall short. Heaven only accepts one test score. That's 100%, and that's bad news for everybody. But can I tell you something? The great news is there's one guy who got 100%. His name is Jesus Christ. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, all you have to do is receive by faith what he did for you on the cross. He took my sins, and he took your sins, and therefore, you ever hear the term justified? The root of that is just. The reason that that is just and that God can let me go free, an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar, total mess, the reason it was just to let me go free from my sins because God poured my sins 
on Jesus. And when I received him, it was just and right to let me go free because somebody's got to pay for it. I couldn't. He did.